Hello and welcome back to the Scottish Indie Podcast. I've been away for a couple of months and delighted to be back. And tonight I welcome Dale McPhail. How are you going, mate? I'm very well, Andy. Thank you for having me on. Delighted to be here. I'm delighted to have you. And as I say, it's been eight or nine weeks since I've last done one, so I apologise. I apologise. I'm already making mistakes. Apologies in advance <laughs> uh, for the rustiness. But, and I know that I normally boast about not making use of notes but your press release is, is very very interesting so I've taken a few Ooh. notes from the press release for the intro of this podcast so it describes you as a singer-songwriter, a producer and a firefighter so this should be absolutely brilliant for me, I've not got a musical bone in my body <laughs> I struggled to edit my own podcast and I once had to call out the fire brigade because I nearly burnt down my kitchen trying to cook chicken fingers at my mum and dad's house so that's, Very good. Uh, that's possibly going to be my common bond. The, the, or you put <laughs> out the fires, I start them. That could be a, a talking point for a wee bit later on. Sure thing, man. I'm but, happy to talk about whatever. Um, I will say, though, um, that my views are probably not the views of the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service. I'm Dale McPhail, the musician tonight. <laughs> okay, I'll put a disclaimer in there. Yeah, that'd be good. This episode as well. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and stick with the, the music as much as possible here. Uh, and let's start with the forthcoming album, McFailure. That's released on the 21st of October. So we're only a couple of weeks away. I would imagine that the excitement must be really building ahead of that. Well, yeah, excitement, um, relief, um, all sorts of, of feelings. It's been um, it's been a really fun, fun album, this. It wasn't actually meant to be an album. So it's kind of came naturally that way. Um, it was originally going to be an EP. Um, I went to the beautiful Green Door Studios in Glasgow. Um, Ronan Fay was there. And um, basically, the idea was to go in and just get a few songs down. They've got this beautiful recording process in there. Firstly, I have to say the studio is the most comfortable studio you'll ever visit. It just feels like home. It's very welcoming. I tend to find that studios can be quite... Uh, you know they, they can be quite an intimidating place at times if you're not uh, if you're not a hundred percent confident in what you're doing and whatever, but very welcoming. Um, and yeah, so the setup was basically me standing in the studio with two microphones pointing at my guitar and one microphone pointing at my face, and they got recorded straight to these massive big old school tape reels. Um, which just sound fantastic. So yeah, I played like five songs and it was like, right, cool. And that took an hour. And then Ronan was like, well, we've got all day, man. So if you want to do more, do more. So that's what we did. And that must represent quite a big step on your musical journey, if you will, in terms of you go from releasing the EP last year so looking like you're going to release a second EP and by hook and by crook, suddenly you've got a full-length album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I could go record 30 songs. Like, I write songs just about every day. So it, it's that's not me bragging. They're typically shite um, and they're usually very short. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm always writing. So, like, I've always got songs there. Um, and this was just such a natural way to record them, you know what I mean? Because 
it's how I write them. So I just stand there with my guitar, say some stuff, and whatever sticks, sticks. And um, yeah, so it was just a, a really great way of doing it. And um, I took a list of 10 songs thinking, right, I'm going to do five of these. And as I was crossing them off, it was like, God, I, I might be able to get all of these done today. So yeah, what an absolute pleasure it was, man. I tell you what, it's lucky that you've got that habit of writing as many songs as you do because you could have ended up a bit stuck there and just kind of hanging about all afternoon. Well, yeah, I think or I could have went and got uh, an ice, uh, ice cream or something. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. But no, it was um, it was an absolutely lovely way to spend the day. Um, it's not how I'll do every album, but it's just the reason I couldn't do that album in the house is because. I wanted to get this really lovely um, analog sound that you just, I just, I tried my best to recreate it in the house and couldn't. Um, I felt like my first EP, the one you alluded to earlier, uh, I did that during lockdown and, you know, I'd been learning how to produce and how to actually play the guitar a little bit better and writing songs. And I've kind of hastily released that. I've, uh, I think it was overproduced a little bit. It was just me getting very excited with downloading Ableton and going crazy. <laughs> so that I wanted the complete opposite here. And uh, so to get that really stripped back analog sound to make just an acoustic guitar and vocal sound nice, I had to go somewhere for it. And my big mate, E.W. Harris um, from New York, who's actually coming over to play a few shows with us, um, was like, well, man, if you want that sound, you're going to have to go to an analog studio. And I was like, there we go then. So that's what I did. So thank you, EW. That's class. And it's a really nice segue into my next question as well. See, you wouldn't know that we haven't shared these notes. This oh, is just mate. All... This, is, this is just the... what happens when professionals get together. <laughs> I know. That, that's what happens when there's just instant chemistry. You just work oh, together okay. like an absolute dream. <laughs> you've got those gigs around the launch of the album. Uh mm. The launch show at in deep in the twenty first, Edinburgh twenty yeah. second, Inverness twenty third, and then on to Dundee on the twenty fifth. A big thing that I noticed about that is all the shows are free, and there's no getting away from it. It's a shitty time for so many just now. Yeah. It's the it's a strong statement saying that that live music can cure all of that. Of course, that's not true, but. Allowing people to, to get along and, and enjoy seeing yeah. a, a live experience and escape some of the shit that's going on, that's a that's a really special thing. Well, yeah, I hope so. Um I mean it, it would mean the world if, if people would come down and um and share as you say, some fun with us. The one the launch night at In Deep is going to be an absolute beauty. It's myself and E. W. Harris, um who's coming over from Brooklyn. Um, and then we've got Lindsay Clark as well, who's just such a fantastic singer-songwriter. And then we've got a I'm debut... podcast as well. Oh, really? I, I tell you what, me and Lindsay have been cutting about in the same podcast circuits. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is going to be the first time I've, I've met Lindsay. We've been kind of pals with message, and um, I'm a fan of her work. So uh, I've just not been able to see her live, and it's ripping my tights because I've wanted to for so long. Um, so it's great Absolutely that she ridiculous. said yes. Yeah, ridiculous behaviour, right? Spectacular. Yeah, she well, is, I uh, can't... Yeah, for a treat. Oh, yeah, so 
being a lazy bugger I am, I was just like, I bet I could book it for this show, and that'd be a great way to two birds one stone this. And then <laughs> we've also got um, a debut act in my pal Sam Small, who I run um, my publishing company with. Um, he's started a new band called The On Yon Yon, which uh, this is going to be their debut show, so I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. That's certainly something I'll I'll check out as well. And in terms of the playing the live gigs, I mentioned there just now that it is a it's a difficult environment for for artists and bands to be playing in just now, given that unfortunately people don't have the disposable income that they perhaps yeah. had a year ago, two years ago. Uh, I think that the pandemic's obviously played a part, but fucking state of the world is just completely ridiculous just now and well, it's making it a difficult yeah, yeah. time uh, yeah I completely agree and um, you know everyone's struggling and we can we can say if it's the state of the world it's a attack <laughs> on the working class by Tories let's not be let's not be a bit about to the bush about that so yeah I wanted to make all the shows free and um, try and get people out and if they could afford a tape or a t-shirt or something, it would help us, because uh, me and EW are going to be going to do all those other uh, dates you mentioned, and it would make such a difference if people could even just fling, fling a wee skin diver in a bucket or something just to get us petrol money, because that's all we want. We want to go out and play and have some fun, um, but also trying to punt the record as well, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's I'm with you. It's such a, a horrific time to be trying to sell anything, because um, I can't buy anything. Because I'm too busy trying to steal this, you know what I mean. So it's it's uh, it's very tough out there, man. And that must add a, a real element of pressure as well. In terms of, I know we've we've mentioned in the intro there that you're in the fire brigade, but at the same time you you're using this as your passion. There's obviously the enjoyment out of it, but at the same time you don't want it to be a, a loss maker. And you can imagine what it's like for for artists and bands that this is their bread and butter it, it must be incredibly incredibly high pressure and you must be having your eyes on these live shows and, and record sales quite a lot of the time just now yeah I mean it's it's terrible news that, that there's like an artist I wanted to go see um, Santa Gold was, has had to cancel her tour and she, you know she's big time you know what I mean so if, if, if they are struggling um, so are the rest of us you know it's it's very very hard um, a couple of mates of mine started a PR um, a promotions company doing gigs and whatever else and I think they've just found um, that punting tickets for gigs is very hard you know what I mean so it's there. I think they're actually going to call it a day, which is a shame. But yeah, just everything's everything's hard at the moment, and I don't want to moan or anything like that because I, I I'm still getting to release my record and stuff like that. That was another reason for do, recording the record the way I did because it was the most efficient way of doing it. I knew I could show up and get some tracks down. You know, I didn't have days. Um, days for a studio or anything like that it's so yeah I mean it ended up being great uh, but it was a, a bit of an experiment almost you know what I mean like mm -hmm. how much bang could I get from a buck here kind of thing 
yeah, of course, it, it makes perfect sense. There's, I think, I think that's a another really prevalent point in terms of, I've seen things that venues are putting on acts a lot earlier now as well, because mm. pound for pound or pound per hour, they're, they're going to make a lot more from from club nights than they will for having live music. And I think that's a really big warning sign for me in terms of a lot of people work fairly standard hours. And if a band's coming on stage at six o'clock that you really want to see, and I know that there's not many that will start bang on six o'clock, but, but you know what I mean? In terms of logistics of getting to somewhere and, and taking in the full experience of catching the supports and and so Aye. on and so forth. Going out for your dinner before, which is, is possibly not an option given all the things we've discussed before. <laughs> uh, going for a chip, going for a um a single a single haggis before. <laughs> yeah, it's something off the pound saver menu at McDonald's. It's not even a pound anymore. <laughs> no, I know, uh, man, crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think that's a warning absolutely... sign. Well, big time and. There seems to be this kind of, like, I, I used to be in a band a long time ago, a long time ago, 10 years ago, we'll say, I'll be kind to myself, um, and we were playing, like, Tuts, and um, we actually managed the O2 Academy and stuff like that a wee while, and, you know, it was, like, it was it was a very different type of pressure. You just knew people would show up, because, A, we were a bit younger, and tickets were a fiver, you know what I mean? And it was, like, cool. You know, you could drum up that excitement, no problem. But now I, I just feel like it feels like people are trying to absolutely or promotion companies. I'm not going to name names because what's the point? It's um, but you know just trying to cram as many acts into two or three hours as they can. Huge pressure on ticket sales. Huge pressure on this is the only show you're going to play this quarter in this town. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. And it sucks the fuck. It sucks the fun right out of it. You know what I mean? But um. I suppose they need to make money too. It's just a very vicious cycle of no one making money at the moment. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. And the the fear that you get is without those people, like your pals that you mentioned in terms of putting in the time and the effort, quite often it costs to themselves rather than actually making yeah any money. Yeah, man. Um, eventually go, no, we'll just make a, we'll just have a club night. We'll employ a DJ. And slowly but surely, this vibrant, really exciting scene that we've got going on across Scotland just now slowly drifts away and the momentum's taken right out of it. I think that's, and this is such a negative note to come back on. I do appreciate that. I know, I, we're all dreary. Really <laughs> it's absolute pissing down outside at my window as well. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> No, I, but on a kind of let's let's be a little bit more positive then. Like, there is a real want for live music. There always has been, especially in Glasgow. There always has been, and there always will be. So as long as the right people are putting the gigs on and the right acts are playing them, people will come. Like, there's nothing better than a than a show. You know what I mean? And you can't replace it. It's unreplaceable. So, yeah, I, I feel like as long as everyone stays strong and uh, tries their best to get to stuff, even if they're kind of just blagging their way onto their pals' guest lists or whatever. As long as the shows stay busy and they stay fun, that's all That's all MD wants, I think. And 
yes, the yes. the money needs to be right. And but I don't know, maybe if the funding bodies could help out a little bit as well, like so the Creative Scotland and stuff like that. It feels like a uh, sometimes that's a little bit of a um, a ring that certain groups can't reach. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's another that's another fucking dreary discussion. So let's not go down there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let, let's let's brighten up a wee bit. Uh, Aye. Sing song. No, they, <laughs> they, yeah. Let's talk a wee bit about your history and music, and particularly that first EP. Briefly touched upon it earlier on, but there's a few things I'd quite like to get an insight into. First of all, the, the EP opener, "My Town." Now, I sometimes do this and get it completely wrong. Sometimes I hit the nail on the head. So it'll be interesting to see where I land with this one. But Ooh, go for it. my town, to me, seems like a kind of story of difficulties. I've been stuck in the same place and almost kind of fallen into a wee bit of a rut. The the line, if you don't dream, then you can never fail. Uh, just a, a lack of aspiration really uh, comes through from that. And I think it's very relatable uh, for myself and... For many people that, that grew up in, in towns across Scotland, how accurate is that, or is it miles off? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Um, I pretty much nail on the head there. I, I come from a town called um, Maybole. It's a great town. Um, I'm not like people think this is an anti-Maybole song. It really, really isn't. It was an it's an anti-me song. It was um, it, <laughs> when I finished school. Um, Basically, I was I, I didn't do very well in my exams. I didn't try at all. Um, it wasn't good, and uh, I found myself as a part-time firefighter down there. But I was also working in a factory, um, which did kind of sheet metal stuff and bent it into ceiling tiles and stuff like that. And I was meant to go there for six months till you know I'll be there for six months. But I had so much fun down in the factory. Um, I worked with one of my best pals, Panda, and honest to God, we had so much fun in that factory. But um, I blinked and had been there for two and a half years, and I was like, "Fuck!" So this was a this was a hypothetical, and then I ran away to Glasgow, um, quit the fire brigade, quit the, quit the factory, and moved up to Glasgow to work in McGregor and McDuff Kilt Tire, another amazing job. Um, but uh, yeah, that that this was a hypothetical of what have I never blinked? What have I, have I blinked and it was twenty years? What have I blinked and it was thirty years? You know, and it's kind of hypothetical to that. No, that it makes a lot of sense, and I think that also that narrative about the place that you come from is quite often your shithole, but nobody else is allowed to call it a shithole. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's, uh, <laughs> That's when you become very, very defensive of the place you're from because inevitably there's there's memories, whether they be good or bad, but you'll always have that history with the place you grew up, and that's just that's just the way it is. That you you've always uh, there always will be a big part of your your heart devoted to it, really, because of the because of these circumstances. The other one yeah. that I wanted to talk about was. Lucifer's First Christmas, which got a decent bit of, of airplay as well. It's perhaps not the the most upbeat Christmas tune. <laughs> uh, it's certainly one that, that sticks in the head. And 
I'm looking forward to a couple of months' time so I can get it on rotation again. Yes. <laughs> yes, what do you want to know about Lucifer? <laughs> in, in terms of that, more just the, the kind of experience of ever releasing a a seasonal song, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think with the exception of Glass Vegas, I don't think I've had anyone else on the podcast that have released a song around the festive <laughs> season. So this is a this is an interesting insight that I've not been able to provide for for those loyal listeners. Yeah, man. Well, it's, it's one of those things. I, I wrote that song years ago, and I mean proper years ago. I wrote it on a ukulele. So the world was going ukulele crazy at that time. <laughs> so uh, that gives you an insight to when I wrote it. Um, but yeah... I just, I just, I think it's one of the best songs I've ever wrote. Like, I, I love, I also perform it as a poem sometimes, um, like whenever I'm at Poetry Nights in December, because <laughs> I do go to a few of these things due to running the publishing company. Um, so, yeah, I, I just love when it starts getting to the end of November and I can, and I start thinking, oh man, I can play Lucifer's Christmas and, and I've been like, like playing at open mics and stuff like that. And I was like, man, should I just record it? Should I just record Should I? Should I? And um, it felt cool because then I could uh, make a little bit of money for Tiny Changes and um, also made such a class, had such a great time uh, recording a music video for it as well with Occult Productions. And I need to give my pal uh, Connor a shout to let me use his flat as uh, Lucifer's kind of, that was his hell. So, yeah, poor Connor's house was hell, but it's uh, Connor's house is lovely if you've ever been. It's funny you mentioned waiting till late November, start of December, because I uh, was fortunate enough that uh, Vibration Festival in Falkirk put oh, nice. on the, the guest list quite recently, went along and, and saw many brilliant especially up-and-coming bands and, and bands that I absolutely love play over the course of the weekend. It finished with The Darkness headlining the main stage. We closed the set with uh, Christmas time. Uh, don't let wow. the bells in. So, so they, they, they don't let anything stand in their way. I, th- I think it might have been the 1st of September. Uh, it <laughs> certainly wasn't far out of August if it was at all. <laughs> Tell you what, though, man, the mince pies have been out for a while. You know what I mean? Like I've seen them sneaking about in the in the supermarkets. The mince it's pies a new are, are here. As well. When you see the when you see the big tubs of celebrations and everything else, uh, I, you just think might as well pick up a couple of them. You know, like, <laughs> just in case man, they I'm sell min- out I'm in Christmas time this year. as well. Yeah, I love a mince pie, man. It's my favourite. Um, that's such an iconic Christmas song, though the the darkness one. I think it's an absolute beauty. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous that you got to see that live. And I think what what a show they put on as well. Uh, oh, I bet it was it was quite surreal because the night before they were playing Wembley for the Taylor Hawkins tribute Jeez. show, uh, and then. The next night, he was in Calendar Park, <laughs> and you wouldn't have noticed. It made it made no difference the size of the crowd. You could just tell that it wouldn't matter if, if it was two people or two hundred thousand people. It, they just love it. They, they they're so so 
train just to put on an incredible show. Uh, and they were a band that I didn't actually realise I knew as much of their stuff either, to be perfectly honest. Mm. It was uh, it was really cool. Let's talk a bit more about juggling music with with work and life. You, you're obviously a very busy guy and that must present in a few challenges for you in terms of putting everything in its rightful pecking order or rotating that about as as circumstances kind of play out. Yeah, absolutely. Um the the good thing about being a firefighter is that you've got a very kind of you've got loads of time as in you've got loads of um you get your shift like a year in advance or even more than that if you want. So I'm I'm Amber Watch, for example. So I know what I could tell you what I'm working in, you know, the 3rd of February, 2027. So it's, you know, I mean, it's like four days on, four days off. So it's a very, it's easy to plan your life around it. You know what I mean? Um, I still work a lot of hours, you know what I mean? It's two 10-hour day shifts and then two 14-hour night shifts. So you do get a lot of you have to spend a lot of time at the fire station. You know what I mean? Uh, there's yeah. no escaping that. But then you do, you have a chunk of four days off and sometimes you get a couple of weeks off as well. Um, and I know when they are, you know what I mean? Like months and months in advance. So that's why I've, I could plan this tour because I knew I'd be off for the last two months of October, basically. So that was mm-hmm. like, cool, I can do that. Um, another thing that takes up a lot of my time is this publishing company I keep going on about, Speculative Books. You can sign up for a brand new book a month for 6.99 a month that's crazy isn't it specbooks.net crazy so yeah that takes up a lot of my time and um putting on nights and making books sending books um it's another kind of passion of mine um it's not a money maker for me uh, but it's we have made money for our offers and stuff like that and we're still doing it kind of three years down the line so that's pretty cool and then the kind of music, um, it always ends up last, unfortunately, which is a wee shame until I get, until I release something and then um, kind of hit it kind of hard for a month or two, you know what I mean? And then I'll not do anything for four months and then hit it harder again. I don't have the the time or money to do a proper, you know, like let's plan a single every three months and PR it and whatever. I just don't have the money. So it's it's basically like I'll I'll do that maybe once or twice <laughs> a year and just try and get out there as much as I can and but also learning learning the music and learning the production side of things takes up a, a huge amount of time too you know what I mean so aye it's it's the music does tend to come last which is a wee bit of a shame but because it's the thing I probably enjoy the most, you know what I mean? So you've got things you do and then things you want to do. And uh, aye, I think I just need to shuffle my priorities a wee bit, maybe. How important is the, the kind of networking part of that then? In, in terms of even thinking about how tonight's episode came about, you've got Cami from Deliberator Records got in touch with myself and just with your, your press release and and such yeah. like, and it's, it's kind of one of these things where when you've got good people championing your work and and just doing it out of, of love for what you do, that, that must be really kind of fulfilling and, and encouraging for you. 
I mean, yeah, it's, I've got to thank Cami so much. Like, uh, um, I wasn't expecting him to do any of this. I was just kind of flinging it about, flinging my press release about, and he and he came to me and said, "Listen, mate, I've got a huge amount of people I've got in a spreadsheet. Do you want me to send them this?" And I was like, "Absolutely," <laughs> and it's, it's um, really, really helped. The networking side of things, you're absolutely right. Um, whenever I turn up at a show. I just love making pals with people. It's it's not to network. It's just I love making pals. My first gig back um, as Dale McPhail, um, my first solo show was at an Arcade State gig, and it was their first ever show as well. And they'd sold out um, nice and sleazies. And, uh, yeah, so just sticking about with the boys at, in Arcade State, we had we kind of struck it off very well and just kind of became pals and then they know people we know people and then I got to meet um, Jodie from Sylvie as well and we've had a great laugh and yeah it's just I don't know <laughs> I think I just get friendly with people and then end up just you know you can ask people that's 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 the thing I've learned it's okay to ask people not for stuff but opinions and for like say who should I send this to or what do you think of this you can ask people those things and they aren't going to be like, fuck you. They're going to be like, oh man, that's a great idea or whatever. And it's, it's, it's brilliant. Like I used to think like back when I was in the old band, I would never speak to other bands. I was terrified. You know what I mean? I would show up for a support slot or if we were headlining, it was like, right, we're headlining. You don't need to talk to those guys. <laughs> so I, I don't know if the, if everyone's attitude's better or if it's just mine, but honest to God, since I've returned, everyone has been so friendly and so keen um, to help others get along. And it's been such a great experience coming back. I'm delighted I did because, um, yeah, back in the day, it just wasn't this fun. And and it's way fun now. And that's, that's a common thread throughout the podcast that I've done where, from an outsider looking in, I always thought it was the exact same in terms of there was quite a lot of bitterness and and nastiness. Like there mm-hmm. was never anybody really kind of offering others a, a helping hand up. Because see the best way to put it is if, if you think about in any walk of life or in any occupation, you're gonna need a, a bit of a helping hand. Or just in anything really. You're totally. gonna need some support <laughs> from time to time. And generally, you'll find that if you're willing to support someone else, further down the line, they're going to they're going to help you out, and they're going to support what you do. It's uh, it's a lot easier to be nice to people than to be a prick as well, which is yeah, it's, it's something that people seem to have learned more recently than uh, than and the, what what it was back in the day because it you know it was my mates and bands and. I think they would possibly admit themselves as well. They they possibly partook in quite a lot of the the kind of bitterness and yeah. really kind of associating with with others. Whereas now it does seem like a, a kind of community type thing. Like even a, a larger scale, the the snuts have got their their album out this week, and you can see how many bands and artists are, are rallying round trying to to get them their second number one album, which. From for a band with with really humble beginnings, it, it's it would be an incredible feat. So it's it's nice to see that kind of us versus the world attitude rather than everyone sniping and backstabbing. 
No, totally. It's great. It, it really is. Aye. And um, and um, I'm glad to be part of it in my own wee way, you know what I mean? And yeah, I'll just continue to keep going and keep having fun with with these nights and meeting new people is great, man. Especially especially like artists and stuff you admire. Um, and getting to work with people too. And it's just great. It's so much fun, man. I, I just keep saying that, don't I? Oh, I'm having so much fun. But it is. <laughs> no, it, it, it certainly it certainly comes across that way, the, how much enjoyment you're getting out of your music. And again, a lovely segue, a great pass, and I'll just finish it off here with the... There must be a few Scottish artists and bands that, that you listen to just now, and hopefully you can give a few of them a, a shout-out. Bands that, oh, yeah. that the listeners may or may not have heard of, just ones that you really enjoy and would like to give a shout-out to. Oh, sure thing. I mean, I'll give Lindsay Clark and um, Arcade State and Sylvie a big shout-out. Also, I'm enjoying um, Swiss Portrait, uh, Community Swimming Pool, Casual Worker is another fantastic new band. They've just brought out a new EP that is really, really great. Acolyte, um, Jeff Vest, um, and who else? I'm just looking at my tape collection behind me here. <laughs> uh, Adam Ross brought out a brilliant, a brilliant record not so long ago. And yeah, I could go on all night, but I'm sorry if I've missed anyone there as well, but that's just off the top of my head. That's absolutely superb, mate. And I'll, I'll try and put as many of them in the podcast description as well. I would just like to take the chance, Dale, to thank you for your time tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak to you to find out more about your music and I'd like to take the opportunity to, to wish you all the best when the album comes out and I'm sure the tour dates are going to go down brilliantly as well. Uh, you're doing a great thing and it's going to be great to watch you progress. Nice one, man. Thank you very much. Just before you go, you've... Um, You've clearly got a bit to promote just now. Um, the floor is yours to channel your inner Del Boy and, and sell <laughs> the listeners whatever you would like to sell. Do you know when I was in school, I tried to give myself that nickname. <laughs> I tried to call myself Del Boy and it just didn't work. When you've got a one-syllable first name, you, you've just no chance. I was always Dale and that was it. But anyway, I'll channel that now. Um, yeah, so my next album, McFailure, is ready for pre, pre-order now. If you follow me anywhere at daily, oh, no, that's my old handle. If you follow me at dale underscore mcfail underscore, you'll find links to everything. Um, if you get the link to the band camp, that's how you can get yourself a tape, a CD or a T-shirt. We would really, really appreciate it. If you want to come to any of the shows in Glasgow, Inverness, Edinburgh or Dundee, they're all free in. So yeah, let's, uh, you can come and we can talk shite and it'll be lovely um, but yeah that's it man that's all I've got to plug at the moment Super mate thank you so much again for your time No it's been an absolute pleasure man thank you so much for having me okay You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast we'll be back in a couple of weeks time until then thank you and goodbye
name is Lucifer and Christmas it's my least favourite time of year Cause there's no reindeer, there's no snow There's no kisses under mistletoe It's just me eating my dinner on my own And no one shares Christmas dinner with a sinner No one shares Christmas dinner with a sinner My name is Satan and Christ's birthday It's just the worst Cause there's no angel for my tree I don't have a door to hang my wreath There's no one here to pull my cracker There's no mulled wine and there's no Santa There's no jingle bells in hell There's no jingle bells in hell What would I do for someone to read my list? Could God have mercy and grant me a Christmas wish? I want to ride on Santa's sleigh Bring joy and happiness to you On Christmas Day On Christmas Day On Christmas Day